Hey guys, Mike here. Little disclaimer, we apologize for the late uh, show this week. We were dealing with some um, issues with our editing software, but we've got that rectified and we'll have a show for you. We uh, thank you as always for your support and listening and telling your friends about us. And if you want to support us a little bit more, head to our Instagram page at emergency9pod and you can buy some gear. Get a nice hat, golf towel, t-shirt, and help support us even more. So without further ado, here's this week's show. Enjoy. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emergency 9 Golf Podcast. I am uh, one of your hosts, Mike Maroney, alongside Jay Woodson and no McLean Boyd tonight. He is out of town working again. Um, so just hustling. two of us. Hustling. Just hustling. That's right. How are you, buddy? I'm great. I'm wonderful. Just okay. another full day of life and just just into it. Just man. E D in the in the life thing. Wow. It's inspiring. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm being as positive as I can be right now. <laughs> I know you had a shit day at work. I, I've had a quite a week, eight days at work. Um, yeah, this is I feel like the spring and the fall is like go time for you at at the oh, club because it's yeah. like event after event after event whether it's a an internal event for your members or it's a you know something a function that you're you've outsourced for someone else and it's just like yeah we're right right in the thick of it um with especially this summer we're doing a little bunker project so we've kind of pushed some things spring and fall which makes spring and fall even busier this year yeah. compared to others and so yeah i uh I, I, you know, shout out. I was just, I had on the TV, the, uh, the, the PJ professional championship is going on right now out in New Mexico. All my fellow PJ professionals are, are playing in our national championship. Top 20, get to, um, make it to Oak Hill and the PJ That's championship. Awesome. And so, yeah, you know, those guys, they, they, they bust their tail like I do, and then they still keep their game strong and obviously have way more talent than I do. So if you can catch that round four is tomorrow. Uh, which is always fun to watch. Just obviously the, the winner gets uh, a bunch of money, uh, gets some invites into, I think it's six PJ tour events. And then obviously the top 20 is the cool part of guys. that get to play in the, it's championship, in the PJ yeah. championship. So I love how they changed the, I mean, I don't, when did they move the the timing of this event to just before the PJ in the past? It used to be like they almost waited an entire year before they actually got yeah, to play. Yeah, it used to be in like, I want to say it used to be in like August. And then, but that was also like right after the PJ Championship because the PJ Championship used to be in August. And so you had to wait forever. Yeah. Um, I, I, this is a much better setup because now you, you like if somebody's in good form, like they're going to, they have a chance to go in and, you know, play well at, at, at the PJ Championship and make the cut, which is... yeah. Hey, I'm playing good right now. Let's do it. Like, I don't want to wait a year. As well. they've, yeah, they've been years. they've been playing and prepping and practicing for this, and so. Uh, but now they gotta get they gotta get their shop shifts covered now. You know, yeah, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> um, but yeah, so shout out to those guys. But yeah, you know, they do what I do, and um, like I said, they they keep their game way sharper than I do. So yeah, I would you know. It's. I was a PGA member for one year when I was on the web. It was pretty cool. There's a lot of you know cool things that 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 come along with being a PGA member. Granted, I didn't go through um, 
you know, uh, you know, all the, all the books and, and the business side of it and do, you know, the due diligence there, but as a, you know, corn fairy member, you, you get a, uh, a certain type of membership. It's a different classification, which is really cool. And there's some benefits to it. Um, and it was nice being a part of that, that group. Um, but speaking of, you know, the, for the, for the players that are playing in the PJ champ, not not the PJ championship, are playing in the the PNC championship right now, and actually work like you know, you know, five six days a week. Yeah. Like those are the guys I don't want to hear about. Like I, nothing against the other guys that are. Yeah, there's maybe, some that are. Maybe they're teaching pros. I mean, you know, you look at. Um, I don't want to name any names, but there's some guys out there that maybe don't work a full a full schedule. Uh, at the shop, maybe they give you know, five or six, seven, ten lessons a week, and but they play every day, and and that's fine. But and that's fine, and that's still within the rules. They're not breaking any 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 laws there. But the guys who actually are in the shop and still play and can can qualify for the PGA Championship, that's impressive because yeah, you- it's. It's so hard to to go in and work and and you know have your business hat on and then still have to go out and compete and play play golf. It's I don't even it sounds impossible actually. It's um yeah, there's definitely some guys out there that have you know some cushy jobs we'll call it mm-hmm. or cushy titles and and are in a very good situation where um they can do enough to keep their class A card with the PGA but also have a lot of freedom to play in practice. Um, so you know. But, I, I'm, but, I'm hoping to hear some of those stories. That'd be that. Maybe I'll do a little bit more research after this tournament ends, and we can find out who who got in. But yeah, uh, it, it would be cool to see which guys actually. You know, hey, I'm a, I'm the director of of golf at this club. Like, I really have to pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. and I'm in. I'm I'm at the at the club every day, seeing what's going on. And those those stories are pretty cool. Yeah, they are. We got a couple um, couple local Virginia pros that are. Uh, close to that, uh, Kyle Fuller, uh, one of assistants over at CCV. Nice. He's T twenty eight right now, two shots out of PGA wow. Championship going into tomorrow. So, um, if you are watching it on Golf Channel tomorrow afternoon, or check out the leaderboard online, uh, check out Kyle Fuller uh, from right here in Richmond. And actually, Chris Abbott uh, from Kinlock made the cut. He's a T seventy one right now. Actually, he might have missed the secondary cut. Okay. They, they make Chris two different good. cuts. This is a good player. I played with him probably three, maybe three or four weeks ago. Big guy hits it, hits it long, and we had a what a blast. He's a fun guy to play with too. So I mean, I, that's a bummer if he missed the secondary cut. But great to even just make the cut and you know get there and then make the cut. That's that's pretty that's pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. So shout out to those guys. Um, and yeah. So oh, I never asked. What are you drinking? Oh. Nice. I'm glad totally you forgot. Uh, shout out to a listener of the pod, Todd Bragg. This is my brother, brother's father-in-law. Um, he, they were down this weekend. My brother's uh, having their first baby in August, and uh, they were all down. We had a little baby shower for him, so we got together and had a, had a little bourbon, and he brought a nice gift. It's a, a Stolen Wolf, which is a distillery in uh, Lancaster, uh, PA um, bottled in, in Lancaster, PA. I, th- I think it's a. Uh, I think it's distilled in Indiana, so I'm thinking it's a, a MGP product. Uh, I'm not sure. I have to do a little bit more research, but it's um, it's a it's a really good really good bottle. It's only aged five and a half years, but 
it's single barrel, really impressed with it. It's it's stronger. It's a 116 proof, but mm. um good, good bottle and and really nice, nice gift too. So Todd, thanks for the bottles. Thanks for uh hanging out this weekend. We had some steaks and and uh we drank some bourbon and we had a good good weekend. But this is go. good stuff. Yeah. Nice. Good stuff. I'm just being lame. I'm drinking high noon. Actually wasn't gonna drink at all. Well, tell us what's in what's in high noon. Let's let's give her let's give uh, the listeners. Yeah, you know. a little tasting notes. Um it's a vodka soda. <laughs> uh allegedly made with real juice. Uh natural flavors. Allegedly. That's what the can says, but you never quite know what these things. Uh, it's gluten-free, no added sugar, 100 calories. I am drinking the peach flavor. Sure. There you go. I don't know. <laughs> I drink a lot. I drink a lot of high noons. So I'm they're, like, easy to, they're easy to drink. I mean, I'll, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I was going to take a day off, uh, but I said, what the hell? I'll just crack one, maybe two. Just one, maybe two, three, four, whatever. It depends how long the pot is. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, let's get into a little, little golf. I think someone last week when they made their pick said Tony Finau was going to win the Mexico open. You do you, did, re- you, do you remember that Jay? I do remember that. Uh, I'll, I will give Who's, credit where credit is due and you called it. And I was happy for you that you picked him. I didn't pick him, but anytime somebody picks Tony on the pot, I'm happy. And if he wins, I'm even happier. So, so I did um, pick Tony to win and he got it done. Of course, I didn't place any wager on that. Um, so I could have dug myself out of that hole that I've been sitting in for a little while. And but I didn't do it. I've been, you know, watching the gambling here, trying to be a better man. And so Is but that better. Is it? What if you win? Then you're then you're a real good man if you win. <laughs> then you can take your wife on a nice, nice yeah. vacation, a nice dinner. I've been so bad with my freaking then you, picks. Then you can't eat. If you now, lose, then you can't eat. Yeah, no, at all. I mean, it's, it's on the side of the road. He's taking all the scraps from the foundry kitchen. So, but yeah, Tony Finau wins. Uh, I didn't see a ton of it, but you know he played well. I, I was seeing some on on Sunday. He, you know, obviously he gets in that Rom. Just let's give a real tip of the cap to Rom first, man. The guy's got to be tired. He's exhausted. And he's the odds on favorite. And then sure as shit. There he goes. Climbing up the climbing up the leaderboard. Started uh, off pretty slow on Thursday, too. Yeah. And then 61 on Saturday. Gets himself into the final group. We get Tony, John Rahm, and then uh, Akshay Batia. Is it Batia or Batia? I've heard both. Uh, okay. I've heard I've both. Heard both. Um We'll we'll just call him know, I know, speaking of that guy, you know, I know we, we wanted to talk about him today. Um, this guy, he's got, he's talented. He's a young kid, works with, uh, is it Chase Daniels down in Raleigh? Yeah, um, he's, he's from Raleigh, that, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, again, if, you know, not trying to, you know, you know, lead you guys down a rabbit hole on Instagram, but. Uh, he does work with this guy on your on your game i think is is the name of his uh chase daniels website and he posts a lot of young juniors and it's pretty it's pretty impressive you know i I follow him it's fun to watch like he's got kind of a system there with the way he teaches and that's fine it seems to be working for the young guys i don't know if he doesn't have a whole lot of middle-aged guys making these type of moves but for the young you know young amateur young professional 
it's a powerful move and these guys smash it and they hit it solid. Um, and, and, you know, Batia, Batia, however you want to say it, he, he's one of them. And he's a young, was he 20 years old? 21, 21, 21. Um, so I, th- I think it was just a matter of time before he, you know, you know, put himself in the mix here. He, he's a pretty confident kid too. And when you yeah, talk he's to him. very confident. He's, you know, <laughs> didn't go to college. Started to turn pro as a teenager, you know, which is interesting because it seems like all these guys now go to school for a couple of years. Yeah. You know, there was a, there was a period there, you know, I think after the, you know, the, the, the Tiger Woods um, rush, you know, there was a handful of guys that started to turn pro 16, 17, 18 years old. And none of them really is the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. I was was a Tad Fujikawa. Yeah. um, There's a handful of these guys and it just didn't really quite pan out for them. And so most guys now, hell, even a lot of Europeans are starting to come over to the States to go to college here and and kind of use that as their training before they turn pro, at least for, you know, two, three years, maybe they don't finish school, but um, for a couple of years. And he, he said, no, I'm good. I'm going to turn pro. And I mean, look at his numbers. We'll we'll get back to Tony and Rob, but you know, we were going to talk about him. So let's, let's talk about uh, Akshay. I'm just won't pronounce his last name. (laughs) He's uh, he's played 10 events this year. Made the cut seven times. He's had four top 25s, two top 10s. And, you know, so he's now on the – he's earned enough FedEx Cup points where he has earned a special temporary exemption for the year. And he's going to get himself enough now FedEx Cup points to pretty much get at least a – you know, I guess he'll get into that fall series. You know, yeah. he'd, have, he'd have to win to be eligible for the playoffs, even if he has enough points. Yeah, you know, yeah, you can't play in those unless you're a, mem- a full uh, in a full member. Full member, like that. We saw that a couple of years ago with Zalatoris. He was a temporary mm-hmm. member, had enough points to get into the, the playoffs, but didn't because he wasn't a, a full uh, a full member. So he'd have to win to do that. But he's going to at least get himself into that fall series where he can earn his full card. Uh, yeah, through it through it that way, and yeah, he's he's a fairly it seems pretty pretty likable. Um, I don't know if that was his girlfriend. I mean, he won a couple times on the Corn Ferry Tour. He had his girlfriend cat or some, some pretty good looking girl. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. Was pretty yeah, look at. Pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> she's definitely better looking than most caddies I've seen in my day. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what that you know. And everybody listening here knows, like, if, when you're on the golf course and it's all dudes out there, and the one guy brings his girlfriend to the caddy, you're like, oh, oh, who is that? Who is who is that? And it's just because the that's, that's yeah. the only girl out there. So, like, of course, you're going to be like, who was that? Uh, but, yeah, it's know. like a joke of the foundry. It's like a prison when a woman shows up. Everyone's like, oh my God. You know, ah. you drive you drive in the gates of the foundry. You could be a four. When you drive in the gates of the foundry, you turn into an eight. It's like, eight right away. It's you remarkable. Know, like, oh, wow. It's the only girl on the property. This has got to be hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I actually haven't seen. I haven't seen his. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's his girlfriend that's that's catting for him, but I haven't, I haven't even seen her. But um, he he's a talented dude, though. I mean, he can he can move it, and he's got. And I, what the the thing that he's got on his side, and is I hate to say this, but he's got time. So at that age, if you if you get if you if you have some success early, and not just one tournament, like it's not like a a one hit wonder where he just won one tournament. And he's like, Oh wow. I'm a member on the PGA tour for two years, but he's, he's, he's steadily worked himself into a great position 
And he's got a, a nice resume, even on his short career. And that's that's impressive. I think of him like a, somebody like a, a Jordan Spieth, but a, I hate to say it, a more talented Jordan Spieth and when it comes to uh, the the bare the bare bones of what his skill set is. I mean, he can smash it. He's a great iron player. Um, and now Jordan's got another level of uh, of awareness in terms of situation, uh, which I think uh, is another topic I kind of want to bring up here. But it, it, he's he's 21. He's already done some really good things in professional golf because he's been playing for three years. And it's like, but he's as as a professional, young professional. I think you 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 take the heat off of yourself in situations like this, knowing, hey, I'm 21. I, I, I've got 15 years to figure this out, yeah. you know. And and you you really don't because it can no. try, it can stop at a drop yeah. of a hat, you know. And anything can happen. You but lose your card, and then you lose your card, and you're back doing you know you know mini tours, money qualifiers, or whatever. But in their mind at 21, you feel invincible, you know, and I've always said this, you know, when you see these guys come out of college, they, they kind of establish themselves in college. Maybe they're an All-American and they come out, you know, the first year and their their expectation is I'm going to I'm going to earn my card. I'm going to do I'm going to get my seven seven exemptions because I'm an All-American and I'm going to earn my way and then I'm off and running. And when they don't. And they have to go to Q school. And then for whatever reason, they miss at second stage. And now you have no status anywhere. And now you're playing, trying to play, trying to play Canadian tour or Latin America, Latin America tour or mini tours or Monday qualifiers. And you're like, this is hard. This is hard to do this. So I always say you can either, you either get through right away or you have success right away. Like, you know, Akshay is doing and you just, it, you just, all the bad stuff, you just let it slide off your back and then you roll and then you get on tour and then, Hey, you're in a good spot then. Or you either, you know, give yourself two or three years to kind of learn the ropes and understand how tough it is to travel and you shape your game around that. And then you make that, that jump. If you don't make it in those first two or three to four years, it's rare. Uh, I, I hate to say it. It's rare for a guy to go, three, four, five years, many tours, not with any status and still have enough mental fortitude and practice work ethic to work their way up. It does happen. It just doesn't happen very often. Yeah. The doubt creeps in, you lose confidence. Doubt creeps in. You're like, well, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I, maybe I should yeah. go get, take that insurance job and, and, you know, get, take, take, you know, take what I can. Um, so he he does have that. Uh, Oxford has that work working on his side, in my opinion. It's like he's so young. He's like, and he started early. He's like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Whatever, I'll do it next year. I, I don't. I don't well, care. he's I don't. got the the modern game, right? He hits it a long yeah. ways, and he's a great ball striker. You know, looking at just yeah. looking at his at his numbers, it's his his downside. It, it's it, he's like a he's got the Victor Hovland profile, right? Yeah. I mean, he's not as good of a ball striker as Victor Hovland because he's top 10 in the world right but he drives it well he hits his irons well by his strokes gain numbers he's an awful chipper of the golf ball around the greens and he's a below average putter so you know you can you can have a very good career as we've talked about in the two and a half years of doing this pod of drive it well hit the irons well you can make a bunch of top 10s look at Hovland. he's had a whole bunch of top 10s and made a bunch of money money. top 10 player in the world and so 
you know, he's never quite won enough, probably, is one of our, you know, digs on, yeah. on Hovland. And maybe that's that's why, because he's so abysmal at chipping. But and again, <laughs> this kid's young. He's got a lot of time um to, to figure it out, like you said. So yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. I think he'll be. I think he's someone that the fans will, if you see him more on the screen, will kind of gravitate to, and just because he's got a he's little a character, little he's flair, funny, like he's fun-loving yeah. kind of. He nothing really bothers him. It seems like when he, you know, and he's a you know tall, skinny, slender kid, yeah, and smashes it, which is I like it's. A, most of the players we see on tour, they're in their thirties. They've they've started to fill out a little bit. We don't see these really rail skinny rail kids out there. I mean, he is. He's skinny. He's, he's listed as, at hundred and thirty pounds. Yeah, I mean, he's six one one thirty. He's wiry, as they say, <laughs> wiry. Wow. But all right, so they yeah. have a pronunciation here on the uh, PJ tour. All right, let's a- make sure Akshay, we get it right. Akshay Batia. Akshay Batia. Okay. Not Batia. Right. We're, we're, Batia. We got it. Yeah. We got it right. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, let's go back to, let's go back to big tone. Your boy. Yeah. He, can I give you a knock? Get it. Give it. Get it. Give you a knock on Mr. Fino. Man, he loves these shitty fields. I got, I've, I've got a I've got a rebuttal to that. I, okay. I, I do I do agree with you. The fields were the fields were the, the total strength in the field was not not strong, and that seems to be where he wins. But he did have the number one player, you know, right up his ass, and he I'll did send him off, which is the first time I think in his career. I, I think this is going to be a pivotal moment for him. He's like, if I can if I can fend off the number one player in the world. And he had a couple, you know, from what I saw quickly, I, there was a couple, you know, funky shots there and a couple miss hits um, early in the round on, on Sunday. And he bounced back. I mean, nothing crazy, but, but he didn't let it get to him. And he was like, he, you know, he finished strong. I think he shot five under on Sunday, right? Um, but he, Different screen. It. Yes, he did. Yeah. So, and then yet, yet, like I said, you had John Rahm, the number one player in the world, who was arguably playing – you know, I mean, if you look at the culmination of what he's done over the last 12 months, it's incredible. I mean, you know, some of the best uh, golf in a 12-month span, I'd say in, in the last 25 years yeah, exactly. that, that Rom has played. And he was able to, to fend him off. Uh, that's got to give him a, an, an immense amount of confidence moving forward. Now, granted, the, the total field wasn't as strong and no no question on that. But he did have the number one player in the world. That that would be the same as Tiger playing in an off event and you playing in the final group with Tiger and taking him down in the early 2000s. Uh, maybe not quite like that because Tiger was on a whole other level. But let's just say the late 2000s, early early teens when Tiger was still close to Tiger. And that's a big that's a big moment. That's a big jump. No, you're so, you're right. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. There's a different scenario than some of his other wins where. That came in lesser fields, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, having him breathing down his neck and in the same group, staring him in the eyes, and pretty much you know, kind of put some distance right away, and just kind yeah. of held held him off 
You know, when you go bogey free final round playing against the number one player in the world, the hottest that we've seen in a while, uh, that's, yeah. that's pretty good. Win, yeah. by th- win by three, you know, start the day with the lead and you, and you beat Ron. You know, and that had to have been what he'd been saying into him is okay, if I just beat Ron today, who cares what the, you know, just. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if that was in his head. Like, just if I can, if I can just beat John Rom today, then this is going to be the win. If somebody else shoots a career round and comes back and catches me, that's fine. But I'm going to beat, I'm going to beat the number one player in the world. Yeah, you know, and I'm going to hold on to it. And you, you have to, you know, I, I know these guys do this. They set these little mini goals, these little mini expectations in their head. And like, if I can do this, this, and this, if I can do ABC, if I can do one, two, three, I'm going to gain some confidence from that. And I'm, I'm, he may not have said that, but he's, he, I'm pretty sure he had something similar to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, again, just looking through the stats here for, for 2023, John Rahm strokes gain total number one, Scotty Scheffler strokes gain total number two. I mean, these two are these guys, you know, John Rom 2.6 strokes gain, uh, Scotty 2.2. Arguably, any one of these guys over the last four months have been considered the best, hottest player in golf. That Rory would be the other one. Um, but number three is Tony Fino 2.2. Wow. 2.2 strokes gain total. This is total, not just T to green, which we know he's, he's good at. Yep. So obviously, he's, he's, He's pushing himself up the envelope. But again, we, we keep talking about what the clutch factor. You've got to find a way to win those big tournaments. And I think, again, for him, it's, he's, he's won, what, four four times in the last 12 months? Or is it more than that? Um, no, that is that is right. Yep, he won back-to-back in July last year. Then he won the Houston Open in November. And then uh, the Mexico Open. Yeah. So, again, he's within – in terms of wins in the last 12 months, he's top five. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Behind Rom, Scheffler, Rory. I mean, I don't know if anyone else has won five times. And uh, home was won a bunch. He's won four times as well. And, um, and then so, Cantlay. Yeah. Cantlay's pretty close. So I think he. I think he. Yeah. I don't know if it's within the trailing twelve months. But I mean, in terms of wins, uh, again, we can all talk about how big they are. Wins a win. Sure, wins you a know. win. You're right. Wins a win. You know, I heard you know somebody mention this earlier. Would you rather be a a big fish in a small pond, or would you rather be a small fish in a big pond? And I think you always want to be a big fish in a small pond with the hopes that you can jump into the big pond mm-hmm. and try to be the big fish in the big pond. You know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Like if you're always the small fish, it's going to be really tough to 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 be the big fish, you know, if, if that makes sense. You know, I think, sure. I th- you know, I, uh, the comparison would be like somebody like Michelle Wee when she was coming up, like if she had just played maybe more, uh, uh, more of the events for her age group, could she have dominated that, that age group and then kept moving up the ranks a little sooner mm-hmm. now? I mean, that's, it's easy to argue because she became very famous for playing in those, those men's events and PGA tour events. Um, but could she have gained a lot of confidence winning at her, at her level? You know, and we look at the people who did it before, uh, not just just women uh, women's golf and men's golf. You know, you look at uh, Annika. She did she did that. She had that step pattern in college golf, amateur golf, professional golf. Tiger, Jack, they all kind of they learned how to win and and yeah. become great. And I think everyone figures it out differently. And Tony has been in, on tour for ten years now, and 
it seems like he's starting to figure out how to win. And then the next step is like, okay, I'm going to, I'm ready to win majors. You know, I'm, I'm talented enough. You get the confidence. It's it's time to do it. So um, here's a, here's a question for you, Mikey. Yeah. Who is the first person to win the career grand slam? I'll give you three names. Is it Rory McIlroy? Is it Jordan Spieth? Or is it John Rahm? Two of those three, I already have three. One, John Rahm, being the latter, only has two. Who do you think wins the career Grand Slam first? I think one of those three are going to win the career Grand Slam. But I'd, have, I'd have to say Rahm, even though he's only got two. You would think. I mean, and you're, you're right. I'd, I would put, I hate to say this, I would put Rory last on that list. I think I would put Rory last on that list too. Knowing what majors need to be won, um, I would put I would put Rom first, only having two, just because he's so damn talented and he's a he's a world beater. I think he's gonna I think he's I think he's gonna win six or seven, in my in my opinion. Uh, but I do think Jordan Spieth gets one more one more win at the which is the PJ championship. Um so I'm gonna say here's here's my prediction. I say Rom gets it done. I say Spieth wins another major, but not the career grand slam. Not the PGA championship. And I don't think Rory wins another again. I'm I'm close to that. I <laughs> I say unfortunately I think Rom gets it done. I think he wins six or seven. I think I think Spieth has got enough um, uh, awareness of the situation. And he's, he, he has this sense. I, it, it, let's be honest. Like we argue about Justin Thomas and a lot of players and their talent levels. And I think Justin is an incredible player. Um, but I do think there's something to be said for knowing your situation and coming through under mm-hmm. in, in the heat of the moment under the gun. And Jordan has it. He, he's not as, I don't think he's as talented, you know, overall as some of the other players, but he just knows how to get the ball in the hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it surprise me. Yeah, he does. He does. And it wouldn't surprise me if he finds a way to just because he finds a way to, to get that, that last and final major at the PJ championship, uh, given, you know, the circumstances in the right course, I think he, he may be able to do it. I, I honestly don't think that Rory wins at Augusta ever. I, I, I do think Rory probably wins another major. Um, I think he probably wins another open, um, open championship, uh, and maybe a PGA. I don't think he wins Augusta, unfortunately. I just think it's just it's too important to him right now. And maybe, like I've said in the past, maybe he gets to a point later in his career, like a Sergio, who's just like, you know what? I'm just going to go out here and have fun. This course is not set up for me. Um, I don't like it. It doesn't yeah. like me. And then he just all the pressure's off. And then he allows himself to be the one of the most talented players to ever play. And I still believe that he is one of the most talented players to ever play. And I just think he gets a little wrap, he gets a little tied up in his, just, in his he gets tight. He gets tight. Yep. He wants he wants it too bad, cares too much. Yep. Yep. And um yeah, I like I I mean, hell, I picked Rom to win the PGA championship and we did our little rundown in, in January. And I just think Oak Hill is going to fit him perfectly. And I'm still going to pick him. Yeah. Uh, even though I, at some point, I feel like he's going to have a little bit of a downward spell here just because yeah. he's tired, right? He's not playing this week. We got a, a designated event this week at Wells Fargo and he's not playing. 
he's taken this as his one off week just to relax. And I think he probably, I think I said it last week, he, he would have preferred to take the Mexico Open off, of course. But he was defending, defending but a defending champ, champ so he had yeah. to show up. Yeah, I guess he didn't have to, but it would look bad if he didn't. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I'm still going to pick him to win O'Kill. I'll tell everyone right that. I, I picked him in January, so I'm going to stick by him. It's kind of hard not to. But yeah. so I think that core, I mean, hey, hell, he can knock off another one this year. Uh, he's got a little bit of a spotty record. I'm looking at it at the Open. Uh, he did have a T3 uh, two years ago. Um, but he's missed the cut, T59, T54, T34. So not the best track record uh, at, at at the British, but I, I think he gets it done. I think he wins all four at some point. Uh, I, I don't know I, if, I think he will. I don't know if Jordan, depends on, I'd have to look at the major or the PGA Championship venues where they're going. I feel like the courses that they're going to start going to are almost more, it's going to have to be a course fit thing for, for Spieth to yeah. win the PGA Championship. Yeah. Yeah. No, no question. I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, but I, I think, again, I think there's something about like just knowing your, your setting and knowing your surroundings and knowing the tournament and know he's got a flair for the dramatic, very similar. I think he's a, I hate to say this, he's a poor man's less talented tiger when it comes to the flair for the dramatic. I mean, tiger totally the got ultimate. it and, and took it to the next level. Sometimes, to a fault where it was almost like, oh, come on, dude, just, you know, just like falling to your knee on, you know, in 2008. And I get it. I mean, he was playing on a micro fracture in his knee. And, but did you need a fall to your knee after every swing? You know, I was like, if you can walk and then you, and when he made a couple of putts, he was jumping around like, oh, yeah. you didn't throw it there. But you know, again, I'm not, he does have a flair for the dramatic. And, and, and Jordan kind of has that same thing. And in, in in the best way, you know, I'm saying it in the best light possible, but sure. they understand the situation and they're like, hey, this is the time to try to really do something special. And they they get it, they understand where that is. And where some other players don't see it, they just don't feel it. And then they and they not only that, but they can't can't perform. You know, one person that jumps out right right away, you know, speaking of the upcoming PGA championship, would would be Xander Shoffley. Like this guy plays really well in all the majors like it, everything lines up in terms of his his ball striking his putting he's always been a, a very good putter i wouldn't say he's the best putter on tour but he's probably top 30 35 putters on tour uh strokes game i know he experimented a little bit with like arm lock and something like that but overall t to green not the longest player but above average mm-hmm. great one of the best iron players mm-hmm. great short game like he checks all the boxes you know you look at all the stats and you're like you know, why is this guy, excuse me, why is this guy not a, a, a major champion? And I personally think it's kind of similar to what we were talking about with Rory. I think he gets in these situations and he just, it, it's it's nothing that anyone can see. And I, I mean, you played enough competitive golf, Mike, you know, like playing playing golf with your buddies at the club and you shoot 69 uh, and then playing golf in a tournament there's the mm-hmm. the tightness that you know the ass puckering factor goes up just a little bit you know it's like oh yeah this this is a it, this is important i know it's important i'm trying not to tell myself it's important but it is yep. and when when xander plays in the majors he plays just good enough to always be in the mix but he just hasn't found a way to just ah, just, just relax 
just relax and let your body do what it already knows how to do. And, and that's, that's part of winning majors. And like I said, Jordan already knows how to do it. And that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, but I, I would, uh, Xander would be the guy that's kind of on, on my list, you know, and I don't who do you think? I mean, the, the, the best players in the game to not win a major. I mean, it's gotta be Cantlay. It's gotta be Cantlay and uh, Xander. One Xander. Or two. Um, those guys have to be the, top of the list i mean females obviously creeping his way up now in yep. the last two months um i'd say max homer would be up there with he's how he's played there. the last yeah. two years Ho- hovland yep uh, but hovland hasn't even quite won enough on just the regular events compared to some of those mm-hmm. other guys even now home was past him you know yeah. Finau's past him and so those you know and obviously you know can't and xander have had their good fair share of of wins so they've all tasted success against these same guys but they just can't do it in in the majors yeah so yeah i mean it's got to be can't layer you could go either one can't layer xander as the best guy speaking of can't lay you know news with him yeah big news. joe lacava on the bag now all the time um yeah so that news came out today that lacava and we'll talk tiger here in a second because we completely missed some big tiger news last week on our show but um yeah, LaCava is now caddying for Patrick Cantlay starting this week. Cantlay dumps his um, longtime caddy, Mike Minister, or the Rev, as they call him out there, who is very well respected. So I'm sure he'll get a bag pretty quick. But LaCava is just missing it, you know, not caddying for Tiger that much. He wants to be in the action. He loves his 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 job and what he does. And, you know. He's he's kind of a junk. He's a huge sports guy, so the adrenaline and the junkie and coming down the stretch at a big tournament. I think Joey just just missed it, and so yeah, maybe he'll speed Cantley up. I don't know. Um, uh, so what did you read? I, I didn't hear. Was it was it the fact that Joey was going to be available that he dropped his other caddy and picked up Lacava, or was or was it the fact that? Uh, you know, he basically, you know, sought out or, or, or there was something wasn't working with with Minster. Like what, what, what was the what, what happened? So I don't know. I didn't read too much into it today when that news came out. Um, I know, you know, uh, Mark Steinberg put out a post that, you know, he, he approached Tiger with the idea and, and Tiger was all for it. And that's fine. And so I don't know if Joey said, hey, I want to. Patrick, you, you need someone or Patrick was already talking about it because they have caddied he has caddied for Patrick before in some substitute roles over the last handful of years and so they already had a little bit of a working relationship and maybe Patrick just said hey I need a change Joey you know you want to come on the bag that that information could be out there I didn't read enough on it but that's like calling your you know future father-in-law like does Patrick call Tiger and say Tiger I'd like to ask Joey to marry me and be my caddy and you do you approve I mean the guy it feels like it kind of knowing, yeah knowing Tiger and what happened with uh with Stevie and Adam Scott like that was a that was the fallout like oh you want to go caddy for Adam Scott oh fine go for it you're fired you know that's kind of how it all went down I mean from what I understand I mean in a roundabout way so it's, I feel like Tiger's maybe gotten a little older, older, and realized like, hey, dude, I, I, I can, I'm only going to play like six events a year, maybe. Um, I get it. Like, yeah, I know I, I have think, the retainer, but 
Yeah, I think at some point Joey's got to be like, dude, I'm a little bored. Like, yeah, dude, I, I want to caddy. Like, I want to compete. Like, he's he's still part of the mix, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm assuming everyone's just assuming that Rob McNamara will start caddying for Tiger. Rob's the guy that you see. You might not know who he is, but you see him. If you see Tiger on a driving range, you see Rob McNamara. He's his, I don't know. I don't know what you want to call Rod McNamara, what his title is exactly, but Aaron Boy, part swing coach, part advisor, part manager, part whatever. Whatever. Uh, he's, he's a, a he's, chameleon. He just yeah. makes it work. He's the yes man. Um, everyone's just assuming that he'll he'll just hop on the bag the four, five, six times that Tiger plays. Um just so. fair. I mean, if he's only going to play in the four, he, it doesn't even seem like he can play in all four majors, depending on the venue. I think they're so, too close together. I think the dates are too close together too for. Yeah. Him. Well, we'll see. We'll see about the the fusing of the. Yeah. Of so we didn't ankle. bring that up last week. He he had ankle surgery. Sounds like he's out for the rest of the year, and uh, still wants to play. They, I don't know if you saw any of the quotes from Nicholas today. Um, I didn't. I didn't see the quotes from Nicholas though. What did What did he say? Nicholas said he was talking to Tiger uh, at the Masters, and Tiger was like, "Jack, I can still hit the ball. I can still putt it. I can still chip it. I have all the feels. I can play the game of golf still with these guys. I just can't walk." And said something along the lines of, "I just got to get this figured out. If I can just fix this, then like I can still win." And so. It, it, sounds, it sounds like he's going to do whatever he can to get this leg fixed. And so he must have just decided, hey, let's let's do this now. We'll be out the rest of the year and come back next year. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's like, oh, God, I got the nose on my phone last week. And I was like, another tiger surgery. Here we go. Obviously, we're not doctors and I, I don't know the, the all the medical terms, but from what I've read, the fusing of these two bones in the ankle, and I don't have the medical names of these bones. Sorry, um, but <laughs> don't worry. That's not why anyone's turning on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 did, I did some research on it, and and uh, from a couple of different doctors that commented on it, and they have all said that this is a pain relieving fusion. So it's not for especially for golf. It's not as as not as much of a hindrance for him to swing a golf club. Uh, the, it, it's not going to lose any mobility in terms of how he swings the golf club. Um, if he were a high jumper or a sprinter or something like that, yes, he would lose. He would use, uh, sorry, lose some flexibility and some mobility in that ankle. Um, but in golf, it's not going to really hurt him at all. It's just relieving the pain, and I should shouldn't say all. Oh, I mean, there could be a little bit there, but. The biggest thing for him was just walking and get it walking, be able to walk. So if this Without if pain. this fusion if this fusion eliminates the pain just to be able to walk, then this is a big step because that's really the only thing that held him back. You know, from even finishing the Masters uh, tournament was just he couldn't walk and it was fifty degrees and it was cold and rainy and that sure that didn't help either. But um, from the last couple of tournaments that we've seen in, in the past past year after after the major major accident, it was just being able to walk the golf course. It wasn't it wasn't as much of a hindrance for the actual you know, the swinging of the golf club, chipping or putting or anything like that. It was just being able to walk around. So if this is going to help him be able to walk pain free, and he can do what he can do and, and make his adaptations for his golf swing to account for 
the injury, then yeah, I mean, I, I, I I'm never going to count Tiger out ever, but um, it did seem like he may never play again, let alone yeah, try to win again the way he was walking around. So if he's ever walked, you know, sure. He was still, when he was swinging well, he was still getting his ball speed up in the one eighties. Like that's, he's plenty fast enough to compete. And we know how good of an iron player is. I don't care. You can put Tiger on one leg, let alone one and a half legs. And he's still going to hit the ball right on the button every time, Sure. which again, we all have said this, if you can hit the ball pretty far, which he's still doing and you can hit it solid, um, you're going to be able to compete. And if Tiger is Tiger and he catches a moment where he's chipping the ball the way he normally does and putting the way he normally does, uh, he's he's still going to compete. He yeah. hits it further than Jordan Spieth. He hits it better than Jordan Spieth. And when he's putting his best, probably better than, than Jordan Spieth. And we're still talking about Jordan Spieth winning a major. And why wouldn't why wouldn't Tiger be able to win a major if yeah. he's if he can walk the four rounds at a golf course? Yeah. So. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just like, man, can't catch a break. What, what could this career have been? Like, it's already unbelievable. But what, what could it have been? Oh, so, I mean, again, and that's, I, I think the, I, I think the things that made Tiger mentally tough and strong were also his detriment, like that, probably that type of mentality. That untouchable mentality is what made him so fearless on the golf course, but also led to somewhat of his demise off the golf course. So it's a give and a take. You know, you take that away, you know, does he even win 15 majors? You know, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. Um, but it's hard yeah, to good say. Point. You know, I think I think the things that he did off the golf course, right, uh, right or wrong, obviously most of them wrong. But for whatever reason, that gave them that sense of uh, invincibility uh, and that he felt like he was going to beat everybody, you know, and I and I don't know how else to say this. And it sounds maybe not the correlation is not matching up. But if you if you've been around enough golfers, you know, some of that stuff that goes on outside of of golf and um you know some of these guys live off of that and they they gain confidence off of it and i'm not saying it's right i'm obviously not but like the way he lived his life and the way he handled himself it was just kind of did what he wanted he was like no i'm untouchable and that's what that's what kind of led to that confidence on the golf course and until that that kind of came to a a, a screeching halt in the reality setting like hey buddy you're just another person you're just a, you're just another human. You're really good at golf, uh, and then it sunk in for him. It's like, wait a second, I'm not I'm not untouchable, you know. Uh, and then then we saw a drastic decline in in you know the wins and the finished events, like yeah. the withdrawals. withdrawals and it was like, or yeah, and it was like, wait a second, you you wouldn't withdraw for anything for ten years. Like you would you had a fractured knee and you didn't withdraw. And now you've got, you know, whatever. Yeah, we withdraw for something that no one even heard of, you know. So um anyway, you know, I, I think he, he got to a point where it's like, okay, he got kind of exposed a little bit with that. And then th- that that little it was almost like a chink in his armor. It's like, okay, people know the real, the real me. I can't fake it anymore. So sure. um, but anyway. Yeah, it's one of those what ifs, right? 
I mean, honestly, if it, if he had, if he would have been able to maintain the level of play that he had for those ten years from from I I won't even put ninety seven in there, but from ninety nine to two thousand nine, had thirteen majors, um, and the winning percentage was like thirty percent or something, just yep. insane. Um, if he were if he kept even close to that um, that level of play, I mean, twenty five majors, like yeah. it, it would. It would have it would have been like a you know it'd have been like a Tom Brady seven Super Bowls next to you know Joe Montana who was arguably the best before that and now you look at him like Tom Brady almost doubled your your Super Bowl wins yeah. you know which is crazy to even think of I still I look at that record again not to get too too far off of of golf here but you know Tom Brady went seven seven Super Bowls and going to ten Super Bowls. I mean, that's just so bizarre. And this is a this is the ultimate team sport, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. you have eleven guys on the field uh, on your one team, twenty two total on the field. There's a lot of things that can go wrong here. I forget uh, what the the stat was. It was when he was with the Pats. I think it was when 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 we won the Super Bowl in 2019. It was he was in the in the league for like 18 years, and he had been in 14 AFC Championship games. That's that's I think I think that was the numbers. It was like at the time it was like he had a better odd of making the AFC championship than LeBron James did making a free throw. <laughs> he was like 76% to make the, the AFC championship game and LeBron was like 75% from the line. That's incredible. That's you know? just incredible. Again, I mean it's a perfect, perfect situation. A great coaching staff. I mean, Belichick, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah, Love now he sucks. Yeah, now they, but he, he, a great coach, won the same, and a weak, super weak division at the time. At the time that he was there, it, it's obviously a little bit yeah. better now. Yeah. Um, but and it was just the perfect storm, and it's just you know you look at the way that he even got out there with Drew Bledsoe getting, you know, concussed. I mean, Drew Bledsoe was the man. And yeah. the late nineties, early two thousand, the, the he was the golden boy, the golden child. Like he was the best, the best quarterback yeah. in the league. Number one overall pick. They had actually just huh. signed him a year before to a, just a huge, like, uh, huge contract. You know, basically with the franchise quarterback till he retired. And then Mo Lewis oh. changed history and punctured his lung. Yeah, that was a vicious hit too. Vicious, yeah. but so. Um, all right, before last last bit, we'll do a little more golf, and we'll get to our picks. Uh, live Singapore. That's all I got. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. Taylor Gooch wins again. Eight was it? Eight million dollars he's won in the last two weeks. Yeah, I think it's closer to nine or even higher than nine when you factor in the oh. team. Oh, the team stuff. Yeah, stuff. you're yeah. right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so I wasn't on social media a ton. Uh, this week, just because I was so busy, I didn't see a single shot from this golf tournament. Not a one. Now, granted, I was obviously on like the middle of the night or late at night or whatever. Um, I've seen less and less and less of Live, and it's yes, we all know I hate Live, and I like to bash it, and um, I just feel like it's becoming less and less people interested in it. It's just kind of going, okay, that was fun, cool. I'll I'll. Yeah, I agree. I I have not watched it at all. Um, 
I'm, I'm mainly because I don't even know that the tournament is on. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know when they're playing. I actually probably would watch it if I, you know, had some type of heads up, or if I were, if it was, if it were on like one of the major networks, and I were, and I was flipping through Sunday afternoon, I would watch it. Um, but honestly, I, I forget or don't know the schedule, um, so I haven't watched a whole lot of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I really don't have a whole lot to say. <laughs> I know, neither do so, I. That's kind of why I wanted I mean, to bring it up, is I don't have a lot to say about it. Normally, I'd sit here and bash them about something, but I don't even, I'm don't even. i not even paying attention enough to, uh, to bash them. The biggest thing that I noticed was uh, was the hole-in-one. The Kepka made last, was it last, last week? Or yeah, was it two yeah. weeks ago? Uh, no, last it was week. last week. They're playing back-to-back week, so it was last week. Yeah, I mean, I just saw it pop up on social media. So I was like, oh, cool, let me check this out. And it did look like a cool setting. Like, they had it. It was kind of like a mini you know, uh, waste management. It was, they had the, the, uh, the stands were very close to the tee box. Whereas waste management, you have like 40, 50 yards in between, yeah. you know, tee boxes. This was like 15, right 20. So it was very close and like, um, right on top of you, which I thought was kind of cool. It was different. It was like you're hitting right over like a little alley. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I didn't, I didn't, I saw that Taylor won the last week. I saw that he won this week. Obviously he's playing good only playing against 48 guys so i'm sure there's people who could argue that but he's also like um, third or fourth highest ranked player or, you know i know their world, world rankings have all changed since but like i mean he was top i think he was 25 26 in the world when he joined them so yeah i mean he's a good player he's playing good golf but you know on that note you know i think this is a good segue you know there's there's always talk about if i feel like the the, the cycle with the golf these these days are uh, live golf. What, what news do we have with live golf? What news do we have with the world golf rankings? Uh, and it just keeps, it's like this never ending, mm-hmm. you know, churn, like, okay, what's going on with this? What's going on with this? Let's go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, and you know, if n- there's nothing going on with live golf and no news, it's then it, then it shifts to, okay, world golf rankings. So how do we, how do we balance this out? And I know Davis love not too long ago said, let's just get rid of it. Let's just get a. Let's just get rid of world golf rankings. Like, how can we just get rid of it? And I, I, what are your thoughts on that? Like, I, I, I kind of like having. I mean, we all we want to rank everything. Like, who's the best? That's yeah, people we, love. People love. Especially when it comes to sports, they, people love ranking things. They love right? rankings. So, I don't know if I totally agree with getting rid of the world golf ranking. I think it could be shaped and altered to be more encompassing of all professional golfers, but I don't know if we can get rid of it. You know, I, I, because then it, then it's like, okay, we're comparing one tour to the next tour. I'm the leading money winner on this tour. You're leading money winner on this tour. Um, yeah. And who's the better tour. It's hard to compare when you do that, but when you have some type of ranking amongst all tours and all players, then at least you have some standard. So, yeah. I mean, and so golf is in one breath, I'll say golf's really hard to have a standard, right? Just because yeah. there are so many different players playing on so many different tours. And except for live all the other tours, the week to week field strength changes and it's never consistent. It's not like you're playing against the same X amount of players every week. Yeah. And they, and they exist for basically two reasons. One is really just a talking point where we say, yeah. hey, so-and-so is the number one player in the world, or 
hey, look at this guy started the year 125th in the world yeah. ranking, and now he's up to 20th. What a great year he had. Yeah. You know, it just kind of shows a player's improvement or, you know, lack of improvement and slump or whatever it may be where they rise and fall to on the world rankings. And then the other big reason is this is what the majors use for their qualifications. Yeah. So if you get rid of it, they would then have to ch- obviously completely alter their qualifications and, you know, then say, okay, well, European tour, a DP world tour, you're going to get 10 spots in the PJ championship, or you're going to yeah. get 15 spots in, in the U S open says, okay, well, we don't have a world ranking system. The top 15 players in the European tour money list at X date. Yeah. Get in or, yeah. you know, all those kind of things. And it's not like it's the end of the world that they had to change it and do it. They would, they would figure out, they would, have some nerds get into a room on a computer and, and figure out the best, the best way of who to give to give the best fields and the most deserving players. Yeah. So I, I I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is, is it a perfect system? No, I, I do think they've done a better job. And we talked about it back in August when they changed it. Yeah. Of um, kind of altering the the formula. I I think it's going to be interesting next year though if they they're going to these. Because it, it's shown that the limited field events hurt. There's not as many points available in this new system. So now that the PJ Tour is going to more limited field events, they're going to hurt their own players, you know, by, by trying to, you know, um, pump up their bank accounts. They're now going to be dropping their world ranking points to an extent and not getting as many for a win. I think the, the PJ Tour should get rid of these limited field events. Like the these WGC events that they've had in the past, get I think you can I think go the opposite way. You know I, I understand you know making these elevated events and increasing the purse, but to get rid of all the limited field events, just make it make them all full field events. And I, I'm sure there's probably some other logistics that go into that, and in terms of the time of the year and getting guys around the golf course and so forth, but. Yeah, just say, you know what? Hey, this is going to be, they're all going to be full field events and it's going to be a full test. The best player is going to win. We're not going to give any handouts, which is essentially what it is. You do the yeah, no that's all it is, it's, it's a it's handout. The, yeah, the players it, want it, it, right? They want a guaranteed paycheck. Oh, so the they want guys, it. They want yeah. the, the no cut. The, the sponsors and TV want the no cut too, though. Yeah, but from a fan standpoint, like, I get that you want all the top players up there, but at the same time, like I don't watch Thursday and Friday of these limited field events or these no cut events. I don't, I don't, it's like, it's like, Oh, what? I'll wait till Sunday. You know, like I don't watch, but if I'm watching like on Friday, like I'm saying, Oh, wait, wait a second. Is, is Tony Fino going to make the cut or is Jordan Spieth going to make the cut on Friday? You know, or is Rory going to make the cut, you know, or at the masters, with a limited field, you know, or is he going to laugh his way into a missed cut and then disappear for the next the next four weeks? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch and see what they're gonna do. It adds a little bit of drama throughout the entire week. The limited field events, the WGC events, it's like I, I don't care. Like I'll wait till no, Sunday. I, I mean, I'm, I with so, you, but I, I just I mean I get it. It's 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 a sponsor thing and and money thing and making it, it's kind of like the the issue we've talked about with match play. It's like oh we can't have a true match play event because if all the best players lose on Thursday or Friday, then no, no one's, one's going to watch, watch on the weekend. Um, with the full field event, I don't think that's going to happen. You're going to still have no. You lose a couple, but you're not going to lose them all. No, 
And so, they also they're also trying to get it to where they're trying to rig it where you know you they don't want a Kurt Kitayama, you know, versus yeah. you know, versus Brandon Wu, right? Just to throw yeah. two two names, nothing against those players, they're, they're great players and all, but they just they don't want that. They want, you know, the hell, they got lucky this week. There was two good players yeah. in the field, pretty much. Yeah. Rom and Fino, and they both happened to ball out and you got them in the final group, and they had to have been but those are the top two number one and number two favorite players this week. Yeah. They were. Yeah. Yep. There you go. So that's the ranking system can't be too far off. <laughs> yeah, it can't be too far off. Yeah. The two best players in the field were coming down the stretch battling it out. Yeah. So it doesn't always work that way, right? No. And so the PJ tour, the the Mexico Open, the um who was it, CBS, that you know, they got lucky. It it could have been a a real snooze fest. Yeah. So, but all right, let's, let's get to our picks. We got a uh, designated event. Wells Fargo, of course, very familiar to everyone. Quail hollow has hosted this tournament a bunch, obviously uh, just had the president's cup there back in September. And I, I won, I got, I got a win. Tony, Gosh, what's, what are the points at right now? Give me an update. So uh, we're we're getting close here. So I came in first. Yeah, hurt. McLean came in uh, second. Jay, you came in third. McLean's at eighty-one points. Jay, you're at seventy-six points. And I'm at seventy-five points. So we're all within six points of each other. Oh, uh, it's getting close. That's getting close. I love it. So, um, man, I was kind of all over the place with my picks. I was doing some research today. I was off from the club, not working. So I, d- I did a little research, which could be a bad thing. <laughs> um, could be a bad thing. So, all right, I'm going to go first. Do it. Do this, it. This first one, I, I just, I fell in love with a few players and they were kind of expensive. So I had to go down, down the bottom here. 6,500 Pearson Cootie. Oh, who is this guy? I need to know who he is. So he's a corn fairy stud. He's the guy that came out, just played at Texas, came out, turned pro last year after the national championship, won on the corn fairy tour. I I guess he's probably playing on a sponsor's exemption or what, but he is the future of golf in America. He's going to be on tour next year. I'll almost guarantee it. He's going to finish high enough on the corn fairy tour that he's uh, that good. He's that good. So, you know, modern player hits the ball a long way. So we're going to go Pearson Cootie, 6,500. Then I'm going to go up to another bomber of the golf ball who is a little up and down this year, but Will Gordon, $6,900. His game matches this course. I feel like perfectly. Uh, It's going to be, it's going to be ball strikers and bombers who, who contend this week. That's typically the history you've, you've had at, at this golf course. So I'll go Will Gordon, 6,900. Then I'm going to go up 8,200. Sahith Thagala. Oh. I don't think he's ever played this golf course, but I don't care. He seems to always play well. He's had a great, you know, almost yeah, one rookie of the year last golf. year. He just playing some good golf. He hits it a long ways. Uh, and I don't think I've ever picked him before. He's coming off a couple of top 10 finishers here recently uh, at the Masters and RBC. So he's playing well. I like him at 8,200. Then I'm going to go up to Mr. Ricky Fowler. Big Dick wow. Rick. Wow. Big Dick 80, Rick. At 8,800. He's like probably like playing a top 10, top 20 
um, on tour as far as his his stats go. There's not many guys that are really playing better than him. He's just been compiling like a whole bunch of top 25s, and he's going to do it again this week. Then wow. I go up to my guy. I told you I was going to keep picking him until he wins. $9,000. He's won here in the past, Jason Day. Yeah. Of course, fits him well. He likes it. Familiar place. I'm almost going to borderline. I almost want to call him that he gets his win this week. You know what? Fuck it. All right, here we go. Jason Day wins this week. Wow. Oh, look at you just taking a step outside of the box here. Jason We're Day. And I'll even, put a, I'll even put a couple shekels on that. Put some uh, shekels on it. Jason Day wins this week. I like him at $9,000. And then... I wanted to get this guy off my team. I just had this hunch. I, I don't want to root for this guy this week, but this is what I have to do. I sometimes I root too much. I make my picks much with my heart, and that's why I've sucked over the last couple months. I got Patrick Cantlay ten thousand five hundred. Dude, can we pick different people? That would be better. <laughs> if we didn't pick the same people. He his course fits him really well. He's going to have the new caddy bump. We've seen it a whole bunch. You know, it's like the honeymoon period. I think we've talked about it a whole bunch in the last couple of years on this podcast. When one of these guys makes a caddy change, they always play well. They might not always win, but they always seem to play well. He's playing his ass off this year. I I don't want to root for him because he's going to be in contention. You have to watch him take four minutes to hit a golf shot. I was going to next to that, dude. So, I don't know. But there you go. 10,500, Patrick Cantlay. Um. Well, okay. That's a good team. Well, I actually do like a lot of the players because two of which I have on my team. So um, I'm going to start from the bottom here. I am going with a guy that um, I actually I don't even know his first name. Uh, actually, I do know. It's Alejandro Tosti. Um, it's $6,500. He's from Argentina. He just finished 10th last week at the Mexico Open. Uh, and he's been playing on the Corn Ferry Tour before that. And he's had a bunch of top 25 finishes. Um, this is a weird, bizarre pick. But he's coming off of a, a really a hot week. And I'm hoping he can uh, bounce uh, bounce that into uh, a good finish here at the Wells Fargo. I have read that the, the course is playing very firm and fast and very okay. bouncy. Um you know, for lack of a better term. So uh, it's two ways to look at that. You can say the long, the long players are going to hit it longer and have shorter clubs in, but also they have the opportunity to hit it further offline and into the rough or into the, into the junk more, more often. Whereas the shorter hitters can hit it straighter and still have shorter clubs in. Uh, I honestly don't know if Alejandro is a short hitter or a long hitter, um, but just, <laughs> just something to, to note that, you know, but he's a hitter. He, he is a hitter. He does hit the ball. <laughs> um, but just, I, I do think that that kind of opens a field up to maybe some other players, you know, maybe this is a guy that doesn't have as much, much as experience on, on, on the PJ tour or playing at Quail Hollow and doesn't understand the golf course as much, but when you know that you can still hit a three wood three twenty off the tee, because the, you're getting 50 yards of roll. That certainly helps, um, you know, you know, change your mentality. But anyway, um, sixty five hundred bucks. I got Alejandro Toasty, and then I jump up to um, Mr. Eric Cole. Mm, um, he's playing well. 
He's playing well. I played a little bit of golf with Eric. Used to play um, some mini tour golf with him. Not a big guy. Doesn't hit it super long. Again, I think this favors him for having this longer golf course. He's a he's a, a very mentally tough guy. Um, he's played a lot of professional golf over the years. A lot of different tours. And he's a good putter, really good putter, really good short game, great wedge player. And if he's able to gain a few extra yards on a golf course that typically plays really long um, because it's playing playing shorter, I think that's to his advantage. Um, and I feel like he can take advantage you know, of that long golf course and still be able to hit some shorter clubs in and use his strength. Um, he's a really good, solid golf, golf, golf player, and he, he does well on really hard golf courses as we saw at the honda and you know quail can be very difficult you know especially those last you know four or five, five holes so it would not surprise me if, if eric had a, a really good really good week um and he's at 6800 bucks and i jump up to um then i go to my more of my high tiered players uh terrell hatton again plays well on hard golf courses um i you know it's always a question with this guy's whether he can handle the tough golf courses because he's so vocal. Um, but he usually he, is, though. I mean, he plays firm he courses. Typically, well. he, yeah, he typically plays well on hard golf courses. He may be very vocal and you know beating himself up, but again, other everyone's different in how they how they respond to tough golf courses. Um, but he's made the cut here both times he's played forty uh, second in twenty eighteen, thirty second in twenty twenty two. Again. Not a not as long of a hitter as the other players. But again, I'm I'm kind of counting on this you know firm and fast golf course that I'm that I'm hearing about. And if he's able to gain an extra 10, 15 yards off the tee, he can take advantage of his strength, which is his his short game and his wedge play. Um, and he's been playing he's been playing pretty good as of late. I mean, mm-hmm. 19th at the Heritage, 34th at the Masters, missed a cut at the Valero. Um, you know, match play is it's whole, a whole nother level, but second at the players and then fourth at the home Parmel. So, um, you know, I, 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 I do think he's going to have a, a pretty good week. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say that he would win, but I think he's going to give himself a chance to finish in the top 20, maybe the top 10. Um, then I jump up to a, a player that we haven't heard a whole lot about, but has not missed a cut this year on the PJ tour. He's 20 for, or 11 for 11, uh, Mr. Cam Young. Something about um, this guy, you know, 51st at the RBC Heritage, which, again, is probably not the best fit for that guy. Uh, Seventh at the Masters and the match play finished second. But he's played great, hasn't missed a cut since the Scottish Open of 2022. And he played in this event last year, finished second. It wasn't a golf course last year, though. it, It was, but he does like Charlotte. Yes, um, he does. He likes Charlotte. So that's what I'm going on. Um, I was hoping you didn't pick up on that, but he does like Charlotte. And if it's a different golf course, that's fine. But I think that he does. Um, I think that it, it again, I'm, I'm trying to mix. I'm trying to mix the, these bombers with some of these shorter hitters with the way the course is going to play. And no, they should, they should fit him perfectly. It should fit him really well. Um, you know, again, that's 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 the idea. But I think he's going to play well. And again, with DraftKings, we just want guys to make the cut and, and get some accumulates of points. So if he if he sneaks out a top ten, um, and and if if he even better, that would be great. Um, and then I jump up to the last two players. I'm not going to go into detail because you already named them. Jason Day playing great. 
high ball hitter if the greens get firm. And uh, it, it, I know it's changed the swing a little bit over the past couple of years, but typically a high ball hitter spins it a lot, can stop the ball anywhere. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he he actually does win this week. And I, I was going to say the same thing. I think he probably plays well if he doesn't win. And then Cantlay at, at 10,500. I think he's going to ride high off the, the juice of Tiger Woods caddy. And he's going to give him, he's going to give himself that feeling of invincibility. I've got the best caddy in golf. Um, and he's going to continue to do what he's been doing, you know, over the last you know year and a half, two years. So yep. um, there you have it. I've got some some high price guys and some low price guys, so we'll we'll see how it all shakes out. I was already thinking Cantlay for this week, and then I saw the switch, and I'm like, okay, well now I have to pick him. I have to pick him. <laughs> <laughs> it's that honeymoon phase. Yeah, I have to yeah. pick him. So, all right, cool. Um, maybe McLean will forget to make his picks this week, and he'll come in last place. Yes, we need it. <laughs> We need it. He'll that be busy could, on the road and forget. We could have an even playing field going into the the PGA Championship. That'd be awesome. Or, well, m- maybe. Well, we've got one more event in between, but yeah. Um, or or it could be or it could be uh, behind some one of us. That's right. That that would be ideal. That'd be even better uh, behind no. me, preferably. But <laughs> so, uh, all right, that was fun. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening as usual. And uh, Jay, unless you got anything else, we'll be back next week. Good, man. That was fun. Cheers. Later. Later.